I'm Alex Rybczynski. I'm Angie Czech. I'm Barbara Stewart. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I'm Marin Green. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Valerie Jacobson. And this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. All right, I hope you have your WaveBlock stickers in place on the back of your phone, on your earbuds, block all that radiation. I want you to be able to sit down and ground into this conversation we're about to have. Uh, WaveBlock's one of our sponsors, by the way, so go to waveblock.com if you want to save some moolah on their EMF blocking stickers, 25% off with code BELOVED, B-E-L-O-V-E-D. I want you to be very, very grounded with this conversation. I, I was very privileged to interview a friend of mine, Edith Ubuntu Chan, and she's a Chinese medicine doc, but is very, very spiritually grounded above and beyond what I think most people experience in their life. She is a, a real sweetheart and she's very conscious about her place in this world and her role in this world. And that comes out in her healing and, um, and just how she speaks in this interview. So I want, I, I just want everybody to really, really be able to center themselves for this uh, very juicy conversation. Uh, we had some internet connection issues during this one, so we're going to do our best to splice it together and make it um, as easy listening as possible. It was basically my audio was bouncing out um, in periods of, uh, like, in distinct periods, but I still think it's very, very worth the listen. I normally would say, ah, to heck with it, let's re-record, but this, this interview was so powerful that I, I really wanted to get it out to you. So grab yourself a cup of uh, maybe a smoothie, throw some Organifi gold or red juice in there, bam, blend it up and enjoy my conversation with Edith. And of, of course, I, I always forget to do this. This is not medical advice. Anything here on the show is educational or informational at best. Do with it what you will. All right. Here's my conversation with Dr. Chan. Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, before we get started, I know time is short today, so we're going to kick it off right off the bat with a deep grounding breath. Would you mind guiding us? Everybody I listen. Love- <laughs> okay, you guys, in case you are chopping vegetables or driving a car or operating heavy machinery, please take a pause because in just a few breaths, we're going to transcend this physical paradigm and get very blissful. So please don't be operating any heavy machinery. Sit or stand nice and tall with me. And take a super deep breath. Bring your awareness to your toes, to your feet. Wiggle your toes. Press deeply, deeply, deeply and connect with Mother Earth. Take a deep breath. And tune in, feel yourself rooting deeper, deeper, deeper into the earth and breathing in her nurturing, loving nourishment with each and every inhale and with each and every exhale, root even deeper. Good. Maintaining this beautiful connection, bring your hands over your belly and take a super deep belly breath. Become aware of your physical center of gravity as you breathe deeply with your belly, noticing this automatic strengthening that you get when you center yourself in your belly. So you have two feet rooted on the earth. You're breathing deeply centered, feeling strong, stable, confident in your physicality. And then place your hands over your heart center and tune into that purest, deepest essence of love in your heart and take a few breaths. to get centered in your heart and feel this beautiful essence of love and kindness and compassion radiating out from your heart and softening, dissolving old emotional energies that we don't need. 
Allow your heart to glow brighter, 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 and brighter. Feeling more like yourself again. And now come up to the level of your head, the center of your head. Allow this area to also glow brighter, 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 and brighter. Take a deep breath and clear away old distracting thoughts. Make space for beautiful new things, new ideas, new creativity, innovation, visions for the more beautiful new earth that we're all stepping into. Make space for all of that. And then gently, as if your crown is like a nostril, take a deep breath to open up your crown and choose to receive pure source inspiration as it pours down through your crown. This light, this love, this inspiration, this pure source energy, pour it down through your head and guide it down to integrate and alchemize with your hearts. And keep guiding it down past your belly. Upgrading and updating your physical beingness all the way down past your feet, down to the heart of Mother Earth. And of course, she sends her love back up to you and take three breaths. To stabilize and center yourself, know yourself as an infinitely huge column of light. Feeling center, feeling stable, feeling strong. And back to your heart center, take a deep breath and radiate this beautiful energy out into your energy field. See your energy field getting brighter, clearer, brighter and clearer. making a commitment that we will choose to bring the very best of ourselves into this life. That we'll commit to staying in our center, in this space that they talk about being integrated in our body, mind, emotions, and soul. That's not a theory. It's a direct experience. So what does that feel like and look like? when you're integrated, balanced, and centered within yourself? What does your energy field look like and feel like when you are the very best of yourself? We'll finish with 10 super deep breaths. At the end of the 10th, we're going to pause and then let it go. Ready? Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Juicy breath in. Juicy breath out. Nurturing ourselves. Taking beautiful care of ourselves with super deep loving breath. Huge breath in, huge breath out. Nurturing breath in and nurturing breath out. Nice, three more. Two more. And last one, super deep breath. At the end, pause. Hold. Pause. Hold. And gently let it go. Dropping back into our natural state of peace and joy and intense aliveness.
feeling infinitely expansive and totally centered and stable at the same time. So please rub your hands. And if you took a meditation class with me, we do a whole like Qigong pat down routine. But in the interest of time, please just rub your lower back, your kidneys, your adrenals. Pat your butt, pat your thighs, get grounded again. And feeling awesome. And now we're ready to chat and learn from one another. (laughs) How was it? Gosh, I loved that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Well, I hope we caught all that in the recording too. I know that there was like a, there was a little audio hiccup, I think, with Riverside, but we're here. And Edith, you and I are becoming quick friends, and um, we kind of came came about knowing each other in a, a, a bit of a serendipitous way through a mutual friend of ours, Charles Eisenstein. And um, I, I wanted to kind of ask you right off the bat: tell me about your breathing practice, because I know that breathing and meditation and Tai Chi or Qigong are actually very important to you. So tell me a little bit about that, about, about your practice. Well, you know, my, um, my background is that as, as a Chinese medicine practitioner and early in my days of exploring Chinese medicine, I knew that meditation was very important and living in San Francisco Bay Area, I dabbled in many different meditation classes and different styles and different systems. And it wasn't until I found Qigong practice where the meditation comes with a very specific breathwork technique. And there's, you know, Qigong's been around for at least 6,000 mm. years. There's mm-hmm. many different systems and techniques and different schools of thought about it. But the commonality is that using the power of the breath, we can integrate our mind, body, soul. We can bring conscious awareness and intention into the energetics that govern the physical reality. Right. So the sky's the limit. Like sometimes, you know, I have some clients who are beginning their journey of wellness and healing. They're like, well, what is the purpose of doing Qigong? And it's like, <laughs> oh, how do I even describe it? It's a little bit like if an alien came to planet Earth and they didn't have like five fingers and opposable thumbs. And they're like, what is the purpose of such things? <laughs> a hand with five fingers and opposable thumb. What can you do with it? It's like, what can you not do with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so once you have a conscious awareness of energy and breath and how your consciousness can infuse with great intention into how the energetics of this physical reality works, it's like, what can you not do with it, right? So um, for me, in the beginning days, it was just the simple gift of, Using the power of the breath, I could quickly get myself to to be in that still state where I had some semblance of, um, I don't want to say mastery because there, I, I don't think we can really no. achieve mastery, no. right? But, but some, some access to this messy monkey mind. Yeah. Meditation sitting there, just watching your minds drift like clouds. That never that just drove me nuts even more, you know. <laughs> breath work, boom, you could feel how we did the 10 breaths, and that drifted you very quickly into an expansive state where the, the thoughts just stopped. Yeah. Where you experience this deep stillness and peace, but also an intense aliveness at the same time. Mm. Right. So once you experience that for yourself, you have a different reference point for what's possible. And so that changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody we were talking about before we were recording was a friend of mine, Paul Check, who's become a very dear friend and mentor and um, kind of a spiritual guide. You know, he's kind of been through so much. And if you don't know Paul Check out there, just go to Paul Check, Check Institute website. You kind of get a feel for like, it's like the, the second iteration of wellness, Right? We always think about the inputs, like what is the right food to eat? What is the right exercise? What is the right equation to lose weight? Right, That's what wellness was for many years. But there, there's something more to it. Like what happens when we actually look inward, right? And we stop thinking about externally, what is it out there that's going to make me better or make me feel better or live longer or whatever else? What about what I have right here? And I'm pointing at my chest, but I don't really mean to be pointing directly at my chest. I mean, here, inside, all of us, the the internal space, like what is in there that could potentially offer us the the sort of keys to what we're seeking? And 
unless you're paying attention, you don't really get that. It really takes a practice, like you said, and you may never become a master. I don't, I, I, like you said, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if mastery is what I'm seeking. What I'm seeking is is to be comfortable with those clouds that are passing by, or to just remember to breathe. You know, we all do this breathing all day long. That's like, <laughs> and when you take one single giant deep breath, it changes everything in a second. It changes your mood. It changes your you become grounded, you become connected again to with your surroundings. And that's something that comes within here. There's no trick to this. It's really just a practice. I remember a story. And so before I, I, I ask you about a story you told on Charles's um, podcast, Charles Eisenstein's podcast, you, I, I've been on a Tai Chi journey. And um, I've done Tai Chi now for 79, today will be the, the 80th day in a row. And I'm trying to do 100 days. And even after a hundred days, I still find myself in certain certain moments during Tai Chi, which is not. People think Tai Chi is like y- y- that you have to do all this movement. You could just do one movement over and over and over again for twenty minutes and just push that energy through and draw energy in and push it out and draw it in and push it out, and something happens to you when you're doing that. But even even after ninety days of practice or whatever, I still find myself with that monkey mind of of whatever. So there's never going to be a mastery. It's really the practice. It's the reminder that everything within, as above, so below, everything within is as it is outward. And I know that you uh, you told this beautiful story when you were on Charles Eisenstein's podcast. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. And I'd love to revisit that story. I, th- I believe you were actually in a state of meditation, or you were in a state, I think you were maybe even doing Qigong, and you had a bit of a spiritual opening do I have the, the basics of the story right? I, I remember you describing it as being immensely blissful and unifying with everything, that oneness that people talk about. But then it was also, as you came back into your body, it was actually very, there was a sense of despair that, oh, I have to actually still be in this body. And you've been grappling with that probably for years. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I found that to be such a beautiful introduction to who Dr. Chan, Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan is. Well, um, I was still in Chinese medicine school, and I love that in Chinese medicine school, part of the core curriculum is to study Tai Chi and Qigong. That's a required curriculum in Chinese medicine school. Um, I loved it so much that I decided to continue practicing and studying in Qigong beyond what is, quote, required in the school curriculum. So it was in one of these classes where we went deeper than what is like the basic introduction to Qigong that you get in school. And in this particular meditation, you know, I just always looked forward to Qigong because I was... um seeing it as this wonderful reprieve from the stresses of this life, you know? And I just, it was like every Qigong practice was like a relaxing vacation, just getting more breath, more peace, and more centered, more grounded. It was already enough for me. But I had no idea what would happen on this day. Like I had no reference point for anything like this that could happen with a meditation or a Qigong practice. Like no idea. I just thought I was just like breathing and going to get like a little bit de-stressed, you know. So on this particular day, for I don't know what reason, I mean, really, it was just a divine gift. I dropped so much more deeply than usual. That one moment I was following a guided breathing meditation the next moment, it exploded into trillions and trillions and trillions of pieces of love and light the size of the entire cosmos. It just happened in a flash like this. So I had no reference point for anything like this, right? I had never heard or experienced anything like this. After the fact, I you know, did some research and heard about others that have had experiences like this. But at that time, it just, it happened. And it shocked and surprised me. But on a deep level, I understood that I was home. I understood that this is our natural state. It just felt so blissful, so beautiful, so loving, so full of light, so full of love. 
Hey, so I already mentioned a little bit about WaveBlock in the uh, show intro. They make these stickers for your earbuds and your phones. They block as much EMF as possible, way more than any other products on the market. And Ben Salem, the founder, has all the lab reports to prove it. Uh, I have them on my cell phone right now. If you're listening to this podcast with earbuds, you should have these stickers on your earbuds and on your cell phones because you've got powerful modems in these devices. And especially if you're holding your phone around young kids, if you're, if you're, you know, listening to podcasts while you're breastfeeding, whatever it is, you got to have these stickers. You know, we talk about diet, movement, sleep, hydration, breath, mindset. Well, a seventh point in optimal health is going to have to be mitigating or blocking EMF at all possible times during your day. So I shut off my router at night. I make sure that I'm not holding myself phone next to my little baby girl who's got like a millimeter of skull thickness between her brain and this powerful, you know, form modems in my iPhone when I'm, when I'm holding her. I suggest everybody go to waveblock.com. If you use code beloved, you're going to get a whopping 25% off of your purchase. So this is like the time to do this. If you've been thoughtful about this, if you've had trouble sleeping, if you've had any sort of underlying nervous issue, you have to consider the role of electricity on your health and in how your nervous system functions. So waveblock.com, code beloved, gets you 25% off. Let's get back to my conversation with Dr. Chen. So on this particular day, one moment I'm breathing, feeling relaxed, getting centered, getting still. The next moment, this exploded into trillions and trillions of pieces of love and light. And the feeling was so beautiful, so blissful, and also so comfortable. Mm. Like I had no reference point for anything like this, but I also knew that this is our natural state. I somehow knew that this is who we really are, all of us. I experienced myself as the size of the entire cosmos. And there was this deep contentment, like no more questions. Like all the questions that I brought into the state were instantaneously answered. So it was this complete contentment, deep satisfaction, and a deep state of love and peace and completeness. I don't know how long I, it, this was, it stayed in this, this state, but eventually from a far away distance, there was the voice of the, the Qigong meditation teacher. And there was like, oh yeah, wait a minute. There's <laughs> Edith Chan over there with a body. I think I'm supposed to go back. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, do I have to go back? I guess I'll go back. This took me a lot of years to even articulate what this experience was like, because imagine yourself as infinity, the size of the entire cosmos, so Mm. expansive, you're trillions of pieces of love and light. And then having to squeeze, 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 squeeze all of that back into this dense form. The return to the physical was almost painful, actually. And it took a lot of years for me to be able to articulate what happened next because physically what happened was avalanches of tears that just kept gushing and gushing and gushing down my eyeballs, my face. It was like a faucet. And I realized that it was a crashing of deep, intense gratitude, like deep thankfulness that I got to go home for a moment, that I, I got to return to our natural state and remember what that really is. And then deep and intense sorrow and grief that up until that point, there was a total recognition that everything I've been operating under, this reality, everything I've been told in my schooling, in my upbringing, in the media, all this stuff in a crash, in this moment, I realized that all of those things were lies. And so It was this crashing of deep, intense thankfulness, gratitude with deep and intense sorrow and grief and sadness at the Mm. same time. And it turned into avalanches of tears. Mm. Well, the good news is, of course, with an experience like this, (laughs) I turned into a seeker. 
You know, I started reading thousands of books about spirituality, the nature of consciousness and uh, the nature of this reality. And, and, you know, of course, mind, body, spirit connection, because I was studying holistic medicine. But from a, from this experiential perspective, like I had to get some answers. What happened? You know, if love and unity and kindness and all the things of joy, peace, all these things is our natural state, which I knew with every cell of my being now. Well, how come we have all this divisiveness and war and suffering and hunger and, and greed and, you know, coercion, manipulation, as we see, like, how, how did that happen that yeah. we created a world that is so far from this state, which I knew was our natural state, right? Like, it just didn't make sense. So I had to do some sense making. And that took me on a journey that was in 2003. And I'm still on that journey yeah. of aligning, deepening and integrating, like, how, how can we make sense of this, that who we are on the deepest level is good and kind and loving and not just interconnected with one another. But I love Charles, our, our mutual friend, Charles, he uses the term interbeing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love like, that term. And so I think many of us, the audience that's listening to this podcast are the types of people that incarnated on earth at this time, because we are here to bring heaven onto earth. And that's actually a Chinese medicine principle that, that is a Chinese medicine idea that the purpose of every human's life is to connect heaven and earth, to bring heaven onto earth Yeah, in our own beautifully unique way, of course. You know, so we all came here for this and I feel blessed that I got to have this very you can say jarring experience early enough in my life to have a reference point, like, okay, like that yes. is now my compass. So anything that is closer to that sensation and experience, I know is in integrity and in alignment with truth. Anything that's further away from that is not. And so that I'm very blessed to have this uh, intuitive compass for guiding me in deepening the alignment of my life, my actions, the projects, the practical 3D mundane things are no longer mundane because I have a reference point for how to kind of like execute my life in in reference to that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So this, um, <clears throat> I almost I got a little bit kind of choked up even as you were describing that. It it's uh. It's very refreshing, but in my circles, it's not refreshing at all. It's, it's, it's preaching to the choir in the best way. It's like reminding me that, oh, there's people out there like you who exist. And it also, anytime I were, if I were to start doubting some experience I had or something that I felt, and remember, I, I sit with birth and I sit with death. So there's a lot there to feel. There's a lot there to be tr to try to consolidate into this 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 structure that I've been taught is the structure, and uh, you know that's the the straw man. It's the I gotta pay the bills. I gotta get the the oil changed in my car. I gotta make sure my house is up and and running. I I gotta do all these things because that's what I'm expected to do. Yet I've had these other experiences. And it sometimes requires a little bit of validation for me to be reminded, like, yes, you're still on the right path. And yeah, there's these little obstacles and these bumps in the road, but you've had this experience. And meeting somebody like you, I'm, I'm just reminded. I'm like, yeah, you know, Paul Check, Charles Eisenstein, Edith Ubuntu Chan, like, yes, okay, we, yes, we're all still seeing the horizon in the same way, right? Okay, good. Like, we're, we're still on the right path. And there's going to be ups and downs and crisscrossings and switchbacks along the way. So thank you for sharing that. And just thank you for being you and being just so vulnerable and open to these experiences. Because you are a doctor. You were going through your training. You had these incredible experiences. You've also had two children. I'm really curious as to how these experiences colored your experience of giving birth or being pregnant or what have you. Can you share a little bit about that? My goodness, there's so much to share. We could speak hours and hours and hours just on this alone. I would yeah. caveat by saying that my husband and I are like freedom-loving hippies. We weren't even planning to have children. 
we just loved our freedom. We loved traveling around and being free and independent. And to be honest, we didn't think we were going to be parents because the paradigm of parenthood we had seen was a lot of like, sit down, shut up, go to your room. Or I grew up with like, make sure you like get good grades, get a good job. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I went to really good school and I ended up um, going to an Ivy League college and have a magna cum laude applied math degree. And and then I realized that, wait a minute, I did all of those things that my parents and society and the education system told me. And then now the most rich and fulfilling experiences of my life came from Qigong or, you know, just the richness of human interactions and all the things that they don't teach you about in school. Mm. Right. So, so I, we weren't, because we had seen like the education and parenthood paradigm as something that was, wasn't giving us the true richness and fulfillment of our lives. We just thought that that whole thing wasn't for us anymore. But in 2013, I went away to Thailand to do a dark room meditation retreat. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful experience probably right up there with that first Qigong experience that we just shared about so much depth and richness and clarity, but in very specific ways that I got a lot of clarity about my life path and, um, and just deep inner alignment that when I came back to the city, I was heightened in my intuitive abilities and my sensibilities. And it just, I was so sensitive that I actually couldn't tolerate living in the city anymore. It was too much energetic noise and I was able to sense like intuitive information was trying to come through, but then there was the noisy thought forms of my neighbors. It was just like so loud Yeah, energy at night. I, I, I couldn't tolerate. So I dragged my husband out to the countryside. We moved out of the city and lived in the countryside. I got to live my lifestyle that I write about in my book, Super Wellness. Just like wake up every morning, do some sun gazing, drink some fresh spring water, run around barefoot on bare earth and resynchronize to nature's rhythms again. And in doing so, within the first month, my menstrual cycle got clockwork. Mm. And every single month synced into full moon, new moon. And it was very clear. I could feel the moment that I would ovulate. My reproductive health just got like really tip top. It's like interesting. And then very shortly after that, in my dreams and meditations, this being, this baby started visiting over and over and over, night after night, week after week, month after month. So this little spirit baby kept saying, you know, there's a new wave of children coming to planet Earth right now. And we're here to blanket the earth with a new consciousness and a new light. And everything that the two of you guys felt didn't resonate about the old parenting and education paradigm is totally true. But there's the new ones like us. We have to come through to show you and help you build the new paradigms Mm. of parenthood and childhood and family life and education. We have to physically be on earth together with you to show it to you. And so there's a lot more to this story. He just had so many things that he showed us throughout those months in meditations and dreams. And for a long time, my husband's like, la, 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 I'm not really thinking of that. It's too expensive and I'll lose all my freedoms and all this stuff. He's like, I'm not listening. And then finally, one day he was in Shavasana after yoga and our baby visited him also. And that kind of closed the deal. And of course, um, because my reproductive health was so perfectly dialed in that um, we were able to have a very precise conscious conception. And so there was a certain moment where we could feel the energy was right. We could feel his presence. And we kind of looked at each other like, this is the moment. And so he was conceived consciously. The moment of conception, I could feel... This breathing that kicked off in my womb space, like a new life that started pulsating in my womb. It was quite, quite an experience. And of course, with a conception journey like this, all throughout the pregnancy, I consult this being that I've already become good friends with, right? 
So I consult them on everything. Like, what do you want to eat? Should we do this? How much exercise is going to work for both of us? Like, everything is about a win-win between us in a very collaborative way. And he guided me to read different books and to learn different things and to seek out home birthing. And we had a beautiful water birth at home and laid cord cutting and all this stuff. And when he was three and a half, he started saying, "Hey, my sister, my sister, my sister's still in space. She has to come now." And so our second baby was also conceived consciously. In one very conscious uh, go, as they say, and um, so we have <laughs> the <they> <laughs> magic of two beautiful conscious conceptions, two journeys of being guided into all the prenatal and postnatal care by our child, and two amazing home births that were very different in qualities, but both beautiful. I mean, the second, the second, the first birth, our baby just like a thunder and lightning and hurricane just moved through and was born so fast. The second one was hesitant. And so there was a lot of me going very strong, deeply within to push her out, kind of consolidating and centering myself. And as I pushed her out, there was this Kundalini awakening that happened the moment she came out. And it was like, what just happened? I just wow. grew like three inches taller. I felt so strong and powerful and majestic as soon as she came out. And then the cord still connected. The placenta hasn't been birthed yet, right? But you put the baby on the breast. Mm. And my friend Kelly Brogan, you know Kelly Brogan? She has no, this- I'd love for you to introduce me. That'd be great. Yeah, I love that she's come up with this term that these times call for us having a strong spine and a soft, open heart. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's what birth in this way could offer us. And in that activation, when you the baby and then put the baby on the breast, there is that strong spine and soft, open heart instantaneously. And that activates the whole room, the dad, the birth Uh, midwives, the doulas, the neighborhood, there's a lightning rod that activates something in humanity when each child is born in this way and the mother gets the blessing of experiencing energetically this possibility. And how can that, you know, through the law of resonance, activate this across your neighborhood, your community (sighs) into humanity, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I know that in this community, you guys nerd out a ton about many different aspects of birth, but this is one piece that that through direct experience, I, I would love for more mothers to be gifted this sacred opportunity to experience the potency of the energetics that's possible here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we you know, we, we get so caught up in the medical community of the, the sort of Cartesian reductive view of of what it is to be a human, right? You've got a brain, a heart, liver, lungs, whatever. And um, a big issue that I have and a big source of the pushback that I had when I was in the system was, is there something we're missing? And if it's not measurable, it must not be missing. But how do you measure that experience? How do you measure how effective Qigong is when you say that somebody has one experience and then you describe your experience with Qigong or meditation? Or with birth, I mean, with anything, you know, any important experience. I often say that death and birth are two sides of the same coin, because these are the the two sacred rites of passage that a soul has into and out of the earthly realm. Yeah. Now, the reason for that, I think you and I probably agree on more than you know, um, because I've heard you in interviews, which is that, hey, we've got to come to earth because only here can we experience certain things. And even the birth experience itself, emotionally, and I'm talking like, I'm not just talking emotionally, like, are you sad or happy? I mean, you're etheric, you're astral, you're more subtle bodies. There is something happening that is powerful at birth. And if you can sit and hold space for that, you, the doctor, the nurse, the midwife, the patient, the partner, the whoever, I don't even like calling birthing women patients because you're not sick, but you know... If you're willing to just sit and be present for this experience, you start to realize that there's something more important here. And it's the curiosity around that that I think really is going to help us emerge into the new world, 
this, this story of interbeing, as our friend Charles describes it. I share your desire for that. You know, if, if in the medical system, we only care about the measurable things, healthy mom, healthy baby, blood loss, infection rates, blah, 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 blah. Are we possibly missing something else? And the answer, of course, if you've been through birth, the answer is yes. Yeah. For somebody like me, as a male, who's never going to have a baby in the way that you had a baby, <laughs> um, and who was trained within this system, it takes a lot of effort in to, to brush away the cognitive dissonance that maybe there isn't something magical happening here, something spiritually important. I call it a transformation of spirit. What if more what if more people, not just women who are going to have a baby, but what if more people could appreciate what is happening when you give when you when a person gives birth? And if we can change the environment that a baby comes into, when a baby emerges anew into this earthly realm to do all of the learning that we can only do in this place, what would the world look like? What if everybody had your experience, in other words? And I'm, I'm not saying that other women don't have that experience. Everybody's birth is separate. I would never say one's good and one's bad. That's not what I'm saying here. But what if, what if people were paying attention to what is actually happening here with conception? What's actually happening as your womb grows with this baby and you're communicating with the soul of this baby? And you had been for years. And I think many women have, and they just perhaps aren't believing it, <laughs> you know, um, my boy who uh, just turned, he says he doesn't really want to turn seven. So he turned six and four quarters. Six and four quarters. Well, he said, he's like, I don't know. On planet Earth, it just seems like when people get older, they get grumpier. Mama, I don't want to get grumpier. Cranky <laughs> and like all these old people. So I don't want to get older. So it's like, okay, you're six and four quarters. That's amazing. I love that. He says, Mama, on planet Earth, they're really confused about how to make a baby. I'm like, honey, what do you mean? It's like, well, they think that you have a mama and a baba kick their peepees together and you make a baby. No, no, no. That's not how it works. First, you have to have a space baby pick you first. Mm -hmm. If there's no space baby, then there's no Earth baby. So first, the space baby looks on the screens, and they look and look and look, and they find their perfect mama and baba. And then that's what makes the mama and baba want to kick their peepees together. And then with the three of you together, that's how you make a baby. People on planet Earth are very confused. They don't know how to make a baby. <laughs> Your little boy is uh, wise beyond his years. <laughs> yeah, he says a lot of interesting things like this. So now that he, we've had seven years of physical earth friendship, not just the energetic uh, intuitive realms, you know, he's like my little buddy. He's like commenting like, an, like a cosmic anthropologist. You know, we go around town, he observes the quirkiness of humanity, and he's just like, what, what, why, what? That's silly. All these silly things. Silly things like, Mama, why Why do they have non-organic food on planet Earth? That doesn't make any sense. And Silly um, Earth beings. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll say things like, you know, I think a lot of times what they say on the television is not true. I don't know if some people believe it or something, but a lot of times they tell you stuff that's not true on TV and stuff like that. And it was wow. like pretty, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's funny or not, just listening to him uh, arguing across the fence, a six-year-old and a five-and-a-half-year-old during COVID arguing across the fence with our neighbor boy about germ theory versus terrain theory <laughs> <laughs> in our backyard fence with the neighbors. Pretty funny. Yeah, wow. there's a lot of... A lot of fun stuff. It just is such a gift to have these beings give us fresh perspectives on all the things that you know we're so deeply programmed, right? I think every parent can relate to this. Like your children, like why, why? And you're like, you're right. That is kind of ridiculous. I cannot justify it. So yeah. in the old parenting paradigm, when we can't answer it, we just say because I said so. Go to your room, right? But in this new paradigm, we choose to receive the gift that they came to give, which is the curiosity that you're yeah, having. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're 
right. I never thought about that. That is really weird and doesn't make a lot of sense. How do you think we could do a better job with this? And then they come up with like 20 different good ideas in that moment if you just have the opening for it, right? Instead of shutting them out, go to your room, sit down and shut up. We miss out. Yeah. So I, I, I grieve for our parents and their previous generations that actually missed out on a lot of gifts that, you know, that could have been possible. But, yeah. you know, I know that our parents always, each generation is doing the best. And I know for a fact that my parents' generation did a better job than the previous generation and that they did a better job than the previous one. So this is just a natural evolution of the next step that is coming for us now. To see the world through child's eyes, yeah, that is. Um, I just uh, just did an interview with um, a, a gentleman named Dolph Zantinga. He's a Dutchman who uh, has a company called Analemma, and they they create these quartz water structuring devices. And he's in his sixties, maybe seventies, and uh, he's had a fruitful life and career. Um, but for the past fifteen years, he's been trying to figure this out: how can we get coherent water? How can we mm-hmm. produce, how can we create a technology that makes coherent water? And um, he's got a, his whole team in a room together. And the way he described it was, we basically had to get into a room and ask, what is water? And everybody's like, oh, it's, it's you know, it's H2O, it's two hydrogens and one, one oxygen or whatever. He's like, but what is it? Like, is there something we're missing about that? You know, and he wasn't the one leading this conversation. It's the whole team kind of like scratching their heads and what he kind of what dawned on him is what we need to look at this like a child would look at it. What is water? And what he ended up finding in that conversation was we don't, nobody knew, nobody in that room, top scientists and all this other stuff, nobody knew what, like, I don't know the answer to that. What is water? And when we talk about any technology, I don't even want to go necessarily in that direction with our conversation, but it's like with anything in the world, it, it really doesn't benefit us to just presume that we know and then to move on and just, you know, plant ourselves on a foundation of these presumptions. What do we have to gain from that? There's not much to gain from that. And yes, there's certain presumptions. Like if I turn the steering wheel to the right, I expect the car to go to the right. I'm not saying that. But for these bigger questions, instead of presuming that we know what's going to happen to us or where we came from or whatever, why not just ask what if or why? And that curiosity, I think, is what's lacking within the healthcare space. That's the great gift of these last couple of years being so crazy is that it did awaken a lot of us to ask deeper, important question. So I think our mind likes to go, oh, the government tyranny, complain about that. Actually, I think a lot of us stepped into some really huge gifts, like the best gifts of our lives happen in these last couple of years through us take a step back like whoa the world isn't quite what i thought it was let me ask some questions and dive deeper 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 right and uh, collaborations and meeting like-minded friends that we've all been quietly doing our own little thing and now we're all you know meeting each other it was like a time code got unlocked and all the soul family reunion (laughs) stuff is happening it's great you know it is and and meanwhile in the area of education especially Right. A lot of parents are saying, you know, what they're doing to the children two years into this madness is just simply not acceptable. I Mm. really didn't want to homeschool, but now I'm backed into a corner. I have to pull the kids out and ask big questions like what is education? What is, you know, what is the kind of life I want to create for my family, for my kids, for the future of humankind? You know, these deeper questions, it's, it's like, we're being forced to ask these questions now. And I'm super excited to be in communities with some really awesome, badass families who are asking these questions and choosing to raise our children in a paradigm that's a lot more kind and honoring and respectful and collaborative with our children and actually giving them space to teach us at least as much as we want to teach them. It's a very, you know, collaborative win-win kind of journey that we're taking with our children now. I've got boxes here next to me of food and supplements and all these other things. And that's all great. But I still like always give pushback because it's like, you know, yes, we need supplements perhaps, but man, what if we could just eat a super healthy diet? You know, and a lot of people who work with me, they get comfortable with eating a wide variety of fruits and vegetables. If they're eating animal products, they're going to be grass fed. They're going to be free range. They're going to be antibiotic free. 
They're going to be, you know, from a farm that, that respects regenerative agriculture or biodynamics. But there are still those times when I need to get a little, I want to get a little extra squeeze out of the lemon. So I'll make myself a smoothie. I'll throw a bunch of spinach in there, throw some pineapple, maybe even some sparkling water, throw some cucumber in there, try to load it up with as many vegetables as possible. But then the magic is I'll take a scoop of one of Organifi's juice blends and just put a scoop of that in there and it becomes a superfood. These blends have all sorts of superfoods. They've got, they're rich in nutrients, they're rich in flavonoids, and they're all completely organic and non-GMO. So if you haven't tried Organifi's products, it's something I highly, highly believe in and trust uh, to my health and the health of my family. So go to Organifi.com slash Beloved, or you can enter code Beloved at checkout and you will save 20% on any of their products. I like their juices. I like their complete protein. And um, it's become a staple of how I keep myself healthy and how I keep my patients and clients healthy. So again, Organifi.com slash Beloved and save yourself 20% off of any of the products that they carry. Let's get back to my conversation with Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Kind of have to be careful sometimes with who, with, what, with who I say this to, but the past two years have been the most expansive, enriched two years of my entire life. Because it was almost like I was, I found myself finally amongst people who I realized, oh, you guys have also been thoughtful about the bigger stuff. And it's, we're not even talking about COVID. I'm talking about the way that we engage with our community and the way that we value our neighbors and the way that we value our partners and our kids. And it has been an incredible period of growth. And I think as far as it pertains to like our health, I think even that is like, this is, I think, directly related to COVID. It's like, we all just wanted somebody to tell us how to practice medicine. Like, tell us CDC, what are the guidelines? Tell us ACOG, what are the guidelines? And in some ways, it's like, I finally now have enough reason to just practice. I can use the guidelines, but I am really the Lord over those guidelines. They are only guidelines. And I've now finally feel like I've been expelled from the system in the best way possible, where it's, where it's, I've got these guideposts, but now other people are also realizing these government bodies don't necessarily, they're not necessarily doing the thing that's right for you or for you or for your family. Like we have to do this together. We have to get together, have conversations and really ask those questions and then kind of demand that, you know, hold one another accountable for finding a solution together. You know, it's not going to be the man in the sky that gives us the answers. It's going to be like something that starts within and then we start to fine tune it in conversations with with other people, you know? And I do think more people are coming around to that. I think more people are becoming open-minded because they realize, oh, the answer is not going to come from some elected somebody somewhere. It's going to require me to do some work. And I've been the perpetrator of hard personal work my whole life. And now I feel like it's it's like, okay, this... I have been on the right path. It's that compass again. Wow, gosh, we, we, we could go so many different directions in, in this call. Yeah, I think there's just general themes. I mean, I, I, I can see your great pattern recognizer. And that's one of my gifts too, I think, as uh, as doctors and healers. That's that's a really important skill, pattern recognition. Yeah, And so it can seem overwhelming if you look at all the systems that are crumbling and in transition, but it's really just kind of one thing is the same yeah. pattern at play, isn't it? That that we're transitioning from a seeking authority, giving away power, seeking authority from outside experts to tuning into the authority within and honoring the opinions of well-educated experts, but ultimately knowing that that's exactly this is right. our lives, that we take full personal responsibility for our choices and creating a beautiful life for ourselves and our family, yeah. right? Inside out instead of outside in. That's one of the big kind of pattern changes that we're seeing across all the systems. Yeah. And then and then what are some other things? I mean, what, you know, what Charles talks about from separation to interbeing is a really wonderful yeah. way. Yeah. Push, push, push. And like like forcefulness, coercion, like that had to that game had to go all the way to the extreme right now for us to really see it for what it is. But it's been going on for a long time. Right. It just right. had to get to this extreme level for us to be able to all come to agreement. Like, okay, this is not gonna work moving yes. forward. This is yeah. not sustainable to a mutually honoring and nurturing and nourishing 
um, generous regenerative kind of thing where we're seeing that in um, gardening, farming, agriculture. We're seeing that in um, finance and economy. We're seeing that in our parenting paradigm, in our educational paradigm, where we find these you know, mutually honoring and respectful win-win ways of learning and growing together with our kids, with our communities. You know, So it's really the same kind of pattern changes that we're seeing across all the different um, systems and sectors of society. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the, the possibilities when we when we go into a space of co-creation, the possibilities logarithmically explode, right? As yeah. opposed to just doing the thing and the person will tell you what to do, and it feels lo- a lot less like a factory and more like a a cohesive community. I mean, that's really what I'm seeing emerge. I know that you're gonna you're short on time, Edith. I wanted to ask you one one more question though. Going back to your conversation around babies choosing moms in their, in their, you know, mamas and babas, as you described it. What do you tell a woman who has either A, the challenge of becoming pregnant, mm-hmm. or B, gets pregnant but has a miscarriage? What is your, like, what, what do you feel deep within you that is happening there? Wow. I have to hop off in five minutes and this feels like it deserves a much longer Maybe we need another part at part two. Yeah, I will I will share what what my boy might say, and that my boy would say that babies choose their mamas and babas, but also the timing. Hmm. And um when I was in conversation with him preconception, I said, I don't know, I don't know. And he said, Look, this is a free will universe. So you can choose not to conceive me. But just so you know, and he showed me this huge web work of all these spirit babies that are all trying to come to the earth right now in carefully coordinated permutations of times and circumstance. He says, all of this is interdependent. So just so you know, this web of spirit babies, you're not just choosing me and our nuclear family. You're choosing this entire permutation that is dependent on the timing and circumstance of my conception. It's all interdependent on each other. So he was kind of like, well, no pressure or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He disappeared the whole scene. He's like, well, we'll just go back to the drawing board and all choose the perfect permutation another way. Yeah. Yeah. And so to not give ourselves so much pressure to know yeah. that there's enormous cosmic web of interdependencies at play with this soul choosing the precise timing and circumstance. And is it possible that this soul is going to choose to come through a different way for their soul journey, that they're meant to be adopted into your family, yeah. or they're meant to come through a, say, circuit egg or there's so many different ways to bring a child into your heart and into Mm. your family right is it possible that the perfect soul that is choosing you as mama and baba has a choice to come through in a way that if we just humble ourselves and surrender to listening for all these possibilities and open to it then we can receive that guidance Secondly, my boy mm. did say one of the most common reasons is that um, he says he says a lot of these babies in space are trying to talk to their mamas and babas, but their lives are too busy to hear the messages. Uh-huh. So all, uh-huh. all these mamas and babas to go to a place or to get themselves more quiet so they can hear. Because he said, when I was in space, a lot of space babies were trying to talk to their mamas and babas. And that was a common thing that not everybody's mamas and babas could hear. He said, you heard me the first time I talked to you. But a lot of the other babies had to really try many different ways to communicate with their mamas and babas. So that's advice he would offer. And thirdly, he said, a lot of these babies, they're very picky. They only want to come to their mamas and babas when the mamas and babas are totally healthy and bright and shiny first. So their energy is the perfect way that 
these babies want to come into. So maybe some of these mamas and babas can do more like peaceful meditations, spend more time in nature. These are all the kinds of things that he tells me because I work with clients too who are working on their fertility. And I ask him, what do you have to say? So it's wonderful people that will make amazing moms and dads, but they're not having an easy time conceiving. What would you say to them? And he would say all of these things, including get your body, mind, emotions, and soul as healthy and balanced and as open as possible. And then the perfect timing, the perfect alignment of circumstances will unfold for you. Mm. So I hope that this is a good little seed that uh, my boy is planting for us to be aware of that these levels and layers that are at play and um, to not pretend like we have control over all of it honestly, right? Yeah, We have yeah. control over taking beautiful care of ourselves and our health, our well-being on all levels, setting up our lives so that energetically it has space and openness for another being, a cosmic being with a huge amount of energy to come into your family. Yeah. Space for that, right? So yeah. um, setting all of that up and then surrendering to the cosmic perfect alignment of timing and circumstances. I think surrender, surrender is the takeaway there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a part of even in birth, like we have to surrender to the process. This is an unfolding of something that is far bigger than us. The more mechanisms of control we try to exert, the more we, we get in the weeds there, you know, and we can found things. So Ida, thank you so much for sharing. I know you have to go to, to see a client. We'll do a part two soon. Um, thanks for your patience with some of the technical stuff. Your energy is too powerful for my Wi-Fi signal. I think that's what happened. Um, Sorry about that. Real quickly, do you want to just tell people your website, your your podcast, your book title? I'll link everything in the show notes, but just give people a, a quick little... Yeah, so my name is Dr. Edith Ubuntu-Chan. The website is DrEdithUbuntu.com, DrEdithUbuntu.com. And that links you to all the other projects. The first Great. book I wrote was called Super Wellness, had a foreword by Wim Hof. It talks about a lot of the things that I think you guys will love, you know, all those like no-nonsense, best bang for the buck, self-empowering ways to really level up our health and well-being on all levels, body, mind, emotions, and soul in a way that doesn't depend on external systems and expensive, you know, fancy gadgetries, but the the free, simple self-care practices that really are total game changers. In my 20 years in holistic medicine, I've always found that it's these simple things that are by far the most impactful in people's lives. And my second book that will be coming out in 2022 is not out yet. It's going to be called Luminous Kids. And it explores deeply this whole conversation that we just kind of just started dabbling yeah. into about the journey of the new paradigm of parenthood and family life and education and the gifts that this new generation of children are here to bring us and how we can step back and choose to receive the gifts that they're bringing and how it also demands a lot of inner work on our parts to let go of old patterns, to level up our state of being so that collectively, what is the new human going to look like and feel like and how will our family dynamics and education paradigms transition to support all of that. So that will be coming up in 2022. But in the meantime, if you go to my website, there's some uh, courses and seminars and summits and a lot of cool offerings that support. And I have a coaching program for parents who are transitioning out of the school system into this new paradigm of education and family life that's more respectful and honoring of the kids. And I'd love for you guys to join us for that. Absolutely. We'll be there. We'll be there. Dr. Riley and uh, his wife, Stephanie Riley. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Edith. I really appreciate you. And um, we'll, I look forward to connecting again in the very near future. Yay. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for being um, who you are. It really says a lot about you that you are even tuning into the conversation like this. So I just want to honor you and thank you for being the example of the new possibilities on the planet. Thank you so much. Like I said, I had to get it to you. People need to hear this stuff. And I echo what, what Edith said. If you're listening to these conversations, you can still, you don't have to completely abandon the safety of modern medicine without acknowledging that there are other tools out there that can keep ourselves healthy and the clients and patients who are coming to us for care. 
So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I will link everything that we talked about in the show notes, including um, Dr. Chan's book, Super Wellness. I have a copy of myself. It is unlike any other wellness book you've ever read. I can say that for sure. Thanks again to our sponsors, Organifi and Waveblock. Go there and use code BELOVED and you'll save uh, 20% plus on all the products offered by both companies. My name again is Nathan Riley. I'm a physician. My practice is BelovedHolistics.com. I do see clients one-on-one. I see people throughout their maternity care. I am willing to attend home births. You can sign up for my newsletter there and I have office hours, which provides six hours of my time at no cost. I provide it based on the, in the spirit of the gift. To anybody who needs some medical insight, you can sign up for that, uh, for the newsletter there and find out about my office hours in that way. If you're a health coach, a doula, a birth educator, an MD, an ND, whoever, and you'd like to have a, a, a Western physician consultant to just run things by once in a while or order labs, meds, etc., I have a collaborator program. Also can be found at BelovedHolistics.com. And then lastly, about the show, we're a 501c3. If you want to make a donation, you can go to HolisticOBJNPod.com. All of your donations are tax deductible and you're going to get a whole bunch of a variety of gifts uh, in exchange for your generous donations. So we appreciate you so much. We can't do this show without you. At that same website, holisticobjoannepod.com, you'll find the show notes and um, anything else you'd like to know. If you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out. And if you haven't yet left us a review on iTunes, leave a five-star review. It helps us rise in the ranks and helps get these messages out to people. These are important conversations and it's important that we come to healing with humility and, you know, understanding that we don't have all the answers. That's what makes this fun. Without further ado, I bid you well, and we'll see you next time on the Holistic Obituan Podcast. Take care.